loved about being in Germany for so many years. But when I hear the word knock, knock, immediately my mind runs to those wonderful childhood moments when me and my brothers would whittle away the hours just telling those knock, knock jokes. Uh, and sometimes you do it with your family and with your friends. And of course, when we got into school, uh, and thank God I grew up in the 70s and 80s, uh, things were fun and innocent in those days. Nowadays, what's fun and innocent has some sort of ulterior meaning, uh, doesn't it? You've got to be careful with that stuff. But I want to begin this morning with a word picture. With a word picture. And here we go, sitting on the text note with me. That's the picture I wanted to share with you this morning of a castle. That one's not in Germany, though. That's actually in English. Or Scotland, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, I loved it because of the door. I fell in love with the door. Uh, we're going to start in Revelation chapter 3, verse Because it's long and it's sharp and it's pointed, 
it's getting longer and longer and longer. I've been married to my wife for 24 years. I know about mother-in-law's sharply pointed tongue, and I know how that plant got its name. Peter had a mother-in-law, and we're going to find out in the scripture that she was sick, and like I said before, the only show I've ever seen that brought out anything of Peter's mother-in-law being sick was the chosen. They did a good job at it. They did a good job showing some things in there, but I think it's time that we look and see what the Bible actually says about that. Remember, we're looking at it as though Jesus were knocking at the door of our heart, and I want you to go with me in your mind, God, this morning. Think about that. Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. What happens when you let him in your house? What happens when you let him in your life and in your heart? Let's begin in verse 28 of Mark chapter 1. The Bible says, And immediately his fame, Jesus' fame, spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. So they are in Simon's house, in Andrew's house, with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother, that would be his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever, and they told him, Jesus, about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Uh, right now, men should have a big smile on their face. Did y'all read that? He healed her, and she served them. Praise God, right? That's what most of us think, and that's what we usually stop at. Let's look at verse 32. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. What door were they at? Simon's house, Simon's house where his mother-in-law was. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So we're looking at the picture then of what happens when we let Jesus in our house. And we can take a look just by this small little story of what happened in Peter's life when he let Jesus in the house. What happened when Jesus came into Peter's house? Well, number one, Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Let's look at this, if we will, in just several ways this morning. Just a few ways. And let's just go ahead and look at it in several ways. The first thing that happened was Peter let Jesus in. And we need to talk about that for a second. Remember, he went directly out of the synagogue and into the house. And some of us need to remember that when it comes to our Christianity. Church, doesn't stop here in the church. Church is supposed to go with you home and into your house. Can I get an amen on that this morning? When we take a look at Peter, we learn our number one lesson is that church doesn't end in the sanctuary. It begins in the family and it begins at home. Jesus goes to Peter's house and they let Jesus in. So there's some things we need to learn from that. Number one, we need to start letting Jesus back in our house. Most of us think that Christianity stops once we leave the church. Well, Christianity is supposed to go with us wherever we are, whatever we're doing, wherever and whoever we're talking to. Christianity is supposed to be with us. Why? Because Jesus is in our house. When we start taking Jesus out of the church, then we'll find out that he's coming in our house. And when we put Jesus in our house, we're going to have all kinds of changes. Let me stop for just a second and begin preaching a little bit about the United States of America. God bless America. We are the greatest country in the world. Amen? There is no doubt about it. I love this land, and I love that flag, and I love our United States Armed Forces. I have two sons who serve gloriously in, and I am so proud of them, and I pray for them every day. And I thank every one of our veterans for their service. But somewhere down the line, the United States of America started teaching that it's okay to break up the family. 
And when we broke up our family, we ended up breaking up. What makes America great? You know what made America great? Is that we cherished and valued the family, fathers, daughters, sons, sisters, brothers, mothers, and God forbid, mothers-in-law. Amen? What happened when Jesus came into Peter's house? Well, the Bible tells us that Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and he healed her. Let's look at that in several ways this morning. Let's take a look at that with something different, maybe a little allegory this morning. Jesus was in Peter's house, and the first thing he did there was bring a healing. Let me tell you, if you hear Jesus knocking this morning, if you'll open the door and let him in, the first thing Jesus is going to do is start healing. Some of you might say, wait a minute, i got somebody sick. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that kind of sickness. I'm talking about the kind of healing that needs to come between family members who hate each other. When you start letting Jesus in, you're going to find out that those fights and those arguments start dying the way they're supposed to be. When you let Jesus in the house, Dad, you're going to find out you start getting along with your wife a lot better. Woman, when you let Jesus in the house, you're going to find out that you start getting along with your husband a lot better. You're going to get along with your children a lot better. You're going to find out that Jesus has a way of healing people who got a fever. Some of us got some fevers about things that really don't matter. Some of us got fevers about things that really don't matter at all. We need to let Jesus in the house. When we let him in the house, he begins healing. Remember the first thing that happened in Peter's life when he let Jesus in was that he healed his mother-in-law. And I imagine what kind of things happened there. Now, we don't know for certain. We don't know what happened there. But I know from personal experience that you're not always going to get along with your family. Somebody say amen. In fact, if I say, can I get a witness on that? Some of you say amen. We are going to have differences with our family. It happens. Sometimes you can just plain get sick of someone's family. Nobody can drive you to the brink of insanity like a family member. You know what, guys? Let's just talk about women for a minute because I'm a man and I feel like we can pick on women today. Blessed be the name. Don't worry, ladies. You'll get your chance to get even here in a minute. <laughs> but it seems like women just come with it with a birth certificate on how to drive their husbands to the brink of insanity, don't they? They know how to do it. They know how to push every button. They know what makes you angry. They know how to get on your nerves. And you know what, God? We're no exception when it comes to women. We know how to do it to them, too. Truth is, when you spend that much time with somebody, you learn everything about them, don't you? You learn about them. If you love her, you're going to notice when she changes her hair. You're going to notice when she changes her fingernail polish color. You're going to notice when she has different clothes. You're going to notice the things. Why? Because you love her. She's going to notice the things about you. Why? Because she loves you. She's also going to know, and so are you, on what to say to get people irritated. When Peter let Jesus in his house, the first thing they experienced was a healing. Now, I know she had a fever, and we don't know what caused that fever. Perhaps she just had an upset stomach. Perhaps she had food poisoning. We don't know. We don't need to go there and speculate in it. But I want you to know that the first thing that happened was she got healed. And I want you to know that if you will let Jesus leave this church, go home with you in your house, you're going to find out that some of those broken relationships that you have are going to start coming back together when you start letting Jesus heal them. Some of us need to let Jesus heal some of those broken relationships. You've been mad at your mom for 37 years. You've been mad at your dad for 52 years. You've been mad at your wife for of eternity. It's time to let Jesus bring about a healing. 
know what's funny? Brother Law got up and stirred. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, only a man would see it like that. <laughs> only we would do that. We would say,
ever wondered about doing this, whatever about the things in the world. Some of you are looking at your pastor now. Strange. Tell those demons to hush. You have no authority anymore. There's nothing here for you. You're not welcome here anymore. Get out and get, get gone.
preaching that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we'll go back to turning this world upside down. It's just like in the scripture of Daniel's life. Sometimes work Sometimes work becomes more important than family. You say, Pastor, you're hitting dad pretty hard. Well, somebody's got to. Dad's need to wake up. It was dad that got together and won our freedom from the tyranny of Great Britain. It was dad that got together and said, my children will not go down the road of worshiping demons and becoming drug addicts. It's dad who holds families together. It's dad that God holds responsible for the family and the church needs to get back to teaching, preaching, leading dad back in the right relationship, encouraging dad to take Jesus from the church back into their home where Jesus becomes important in everything they do. Philippian Jammer had a job to do. Sometimes, just like us, work becomes more important than family. And it did. Check this out. Holiday with a single lowest average church attendance. You know that? Statistically lower than Labor Day, Memorial Day, and even the Fourth of July. This is interesting, especially when you consider that Mother's Day tends to be the day with the third highest church service attendance after, of course, Easter and Christmas. So Mother's Day is one of the most highly attended Sundays of the year, and Father's Day is one of the lowest. What does that tell Scott McConnell, who was director of LifeWay when this was written, 2016, he gives us this assessment. He says, clearly, mothers want to be present for the affirmation that is typically offered in most churches. But families also are present knowing their attendance will honor their mother. The attendance difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day is very telling, said Mr. McConnell. Either churches are less effective in affirming fathers, or families believe Christian fathers don't value their participation in worship services. Surely now, surely there are other factors involved, including travel and a time of year. On Mother's Day, school is still in session. On Father's Day, it isn't so. So families travel to visit relatives or go on vacation, perhaps. But all these factors, statistics aside, here's what's really when you see the research on the impact of a dad's faith and practice on their families, according now to data collected by Promise Keeper and Baptist Press, if a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, only one child in 50, did you hear me? Only one in 50 will become a regular worshiper. If a father does go regularly, regardless of what the mother does, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will attend church as adults. If a father attends church irregularly, between half and two-thirds of their kids will attend church with some regularity as adults. If a mother does not go to church, but a father does, a minimum of two-thirds of their children will end up attending church. In contrast, if a father does not go to church, but the mother does, on average, two-thirds of their children will not. 
another study focused on Sunday school found similar results on the impact of fathers. Now listen to this for just a second. When both parents attend Bible study in addition to the Sunday service, 72% of their children attend Sunday school when grown. When only the father attends Sunday school, 55% of the children attend when grown. When only the mother attends Sunday school, 15% of the children attend when grown. When neither parent attends Sunday school, only 6% of the children attend when grown up. Another survey found that if a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian, there is 3.5% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. That's one of the reasons why we are so big on this Bible 3.5%. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability everyone else in the household will follow. However, however, when the father is first, when he's the first one to become a Christian, there is a jaw-dropping difference. 93% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. Here's the point of all this. Dad's impact on kids' faith and practice is huge. Dad, let me encourage you. With the word which Moses spoke by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to the dads of the new generation in Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. He said, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart, Dad. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate. And you become like a Philippian jailer. Says it is easy and convenient to serve the Lord. Two 
serve the Lord on the other side of the river or the jobs that we have in life that He granted as well. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Bible tells us to do it. Paul has told us this to do it. You know, some people say, well, you know, does, does a woman ever let Jesus in the house? It's funny you should say, because that actually does happen in the Gospel of Luke. That's right. You know the two girls, Mary and Martha. That's right. Let me talk about that today. Mary and Martha. The Bible says that Jesus is going to Bethany and stops and gets put into Martha's house. Martha is, you know, Bethany. Oh, guys, it's not going to be all good. So let's talk about Martha. And old Martha got busy serving. Washing, setting up, preparing. How many of you already know? She even talked to the woman who's setting up and getting ready. You're about to get your head bit off. You know what she did? She starts looking at her sister Mary. And Mary is at the feet of Jesus. What's the truth? Martha has the audacity to go to Jesus and say, Make my sister talk to me. You know what Jesus says? He says, Oh, Water of life is far more important than the drink you drink. Being washed in the blood of the Lamb is far, far, far more important than the laundry you can Amen. Not just for me. He is the master this morning. Can you hear him at the door of your heart, at the door of your home? Do you hear him knocking? He's knocking right now. He's been knocking for years. No, that's not the Matthew 24, we have a wonderful statement by Jesus. Because not only is he knocking at the door for you to come in, for you to let him in, he's not only knocking at the door of your heart, for you to let him in your heart and life. Church, he is knocking at the door of your time. I am not blind and neither are you. You see what's going on. You see it all around you, and you know that the end times will come. Now learn this parable, the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, verses 32 and 33. Learn this parable from the fig tree. When the plants are going to become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Have you been watching things around you nowadays? Have you been watching the destruction of a family? Have you been watching us call evil good and good evil? Have you been watching enemy powers grow? Have you been watching evil grow? Have you been watching what the world does to the church? The church is in decline. The church is in decline. 
Hey, Brother John, I've been looking for a challenge. I've been looking for a place. Do you hear him knocking? Brother John, how do I get God in my house? Do you hear him knocking?
Close in a word of prayer. 